you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. What's up, everybody? I'm Carl Nassib, uh, seven-year NFL veteran, the CEO of the Rays app. This is the NFL Players Second Acts podcast. Yeah! Let's go! Let's go! There we go! There we go! Light it up. Wait, was it just for a, like a sound bite? Yeah. What the yeah. F- was I looking at? No, no. Okay. Well, no, oh, they, 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 <laughs> What the fuck was I doing? Yeah. You just killed our mob. What's up, everybody? I'm Peanut Tillman, and this is the NFL Players Second Acts Podcast. And with me, as always, my late friend, uh, Roman. Wait, I'm still alive. <laughs> Wait, no. I'm still alive. You are alive, but you're, you're, you're not a, my, my, my unpunctual, my punctual friend, because yeah, you're not punctual. I was not on time. My guy who's what? not on time, tardy, Roman tardy. Harper. Yeah, tardy, my tardy baby. friend, Roman Harper. What's up, baby? How you feeling? I'm doing good, man. I appreciate that. And, you know, the thing about recording is that they do not know I'm late. Until you, you were late earlier in the day, and it's okay. I, I like what you're wearing. You got the Alabama gray. It's cold in here. You matching up top with this, like you, you know what I'm saying? All right, let me just get on to what I need to say, which is thank Roman you to all gray. of our listeners and watchers out there. Continue to always tune in. Appreciate it as always. Give us a five star rating. Hit that button. Follow. Give us a review. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend, and also anywhere. You pick up, and that is anywhere that you pick up your podcast, whether it's Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio Podcasts. And once again, thank you for iHeartRadio Studios here in New York for hosting us this yeah. weekend. It's been a really great time. So, Peanut, tell, uh, let's introduce our guest. Go ahead. Yeah, we got a we got a local. We got a local guy. He is a local. He just drove right on over in his Yukon. Um, <laughs> grandma driver. That's he what, is a grandma his, driver. His, his, he's a, he's a slow we're, driver. We're we'll talk right about that there. later. That's exactly um, where we're going. He's a third-round pick uh, in the 2016 draft out of Penn State uh, played seven seasons in the NFL as a defensive end linebacker with the Browns, Raiders, and the Bucks. Recorded 25 and a half sacks in his career. He is now the CEO of a tech company called Raise. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show Carl Nassib. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. All right, so Carl, how does it feel to be a champion? Of the slow drivers crew, it's great, man. It's a it's a crown that I you know take very seriously. Um, it represents slow drivers. My why? little brother is constantly getting speed. I mean, why? I don't need to get anywhere that quickly, man. I'm retired. You know why? what I'm saying? I think it's not Do that. Do you go fun. so slow? No, Dan, tell me this out. Because I love it. Are you right off the bat? I just love this energy, dude. Are you are you a ten and two driver? Oh my god, are you a ten and two driver? Like no, I'm just like a six. I just like chill down here. Okay, I mean, yeah. I like I like you a little bit. 
in the air or like I like you a little bit more now because you said you're a six o'clock driver. No, I'm chilling. You know what I mean? There's no rush. I can't stand the slow drivers that are 10 and 2. Y'all make me sick. I can't. I can't. Yeah, relax a little bit. Run y'all off the road. I got got soccer practice I got to go to. Like living in New York this year, I do feel a little bit of, you know, road rage like seeping into my bloodstream. Like there's something about the city when you're driving through that. (laughs) Like I was driving home. I was driving home, getting out of the city. This was like two weeks ago. And I was like, damn, I've been living in New York. Like this, you know, we're all stuck in traffic trying to get in the home tunnel. And this cab is laying on his horn <laughs> for like probably 20 seconds. So I roll down my, am I allowed to curse on this? Yeah, yeah. go for all it. Right, so like, Let it fly. Let it fly. So I'm, down, I'm downtown, like, you know, I think it's Tribeca where I was, wherever the Holland tunnel comes in. And I roll down my window. He's honking on his horn for 20 seconds. And I scream, shut the up and it like reverberated through the streets and then he heard it and like stopped honking and then this like really out of shape dude walking by goes thank you and I'm like and I just I just pointed at him like there was like that yeah I was like you're welcome and I was on the phone with my sister and she's like what's happening and so I was like don't, like worry, the New York don't worry about right? it yeah. like a normal- and then I just carried on my day so like that you know you when in Cleveland Tampa Vegas that was never me so there's some transitions happening on a deeper level that I don't know are for the better oh my god right. that's kind of well it, this all started because before we started this whole conversation this whole podcast before we kicked it off Carl was saying, like, you know, I don't drive fast. No, I'm just, I don't. I'm, you know, I'm always just kind of like, chill. Yeah, for sure. And we were wondering, because you live here in the city. I'm like, how are you not on level 12 all the time in the car? He's like, ah, just kind of. I mean, another thing about living in the city, my caffeine addiction has skyrocketed. skyrocketed. <laughs> There's something about living in New York. It's like a, like an unspoken competition about who's the busiest. Uh-huh. And I'm like, dude, it's it's not that serious. Again, like, we get it. You go to you go to work. You know what I mean? But have you ever been in an NFL camp? Like, no, you haven't. So, like, you don't know what busy is. It's true. So, uh, you know. What is I, that comparison? Living in New York, it, working in New York easiest, versus, like. It's so easy. You know, I went to the U.S. Open, and I watched like one of the best, I mean, it was the first time at US Open. I saw Carlos Alcaraz play and it, baller. it was electric. And, you know, my boyfriend went to the Olympics for swimming and I'm watching, we're watching him. And I said, man, it must be nice to just play your sport and not having somebody across the ball trying to kill you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Trying to punch you in the face. Like yeah. you just get to go out there, play your sport. Like, no, they can't even get five feet from you. You know, he's on the other <laughs> side of the court. And like being a swimmer, he's like, yeah, it's pretty nice. You know, yeah, so, no, but you can't cross lanes. No, you, you can't. can't. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. So no like nothing compares to football. Nothing compares to uh, that type of physicality, that commitment. So it's it's all pretty, pretty easy skating from retirement. All right. So tell me, what is the best thing about retirement so far? You've used the term a couple times. What What is it's the lovely. best thing about it it's so lovely. far for Carl? I, so, I mean, this list could go on and on. It's uh well, give me a top it's, five. You know, you know I retire. <laughs> top five is watching football. I mean, when I ret- it was the last thing I expected. Like when football was your whole life. I was expecting you to yeah. Say. So you know, I was on the Browns. Te- we were terrible. Like you know, we I was one. I entered the league and I was one in thirty one. That was my record. First two years in the league. <laughs> like I think I had nine defensive coordinators in seven years. So like there were so many things that came with playing football that like I hated, and it was like the media. Um, some of the, you know, outside things that come with being an NFL player. So it was like a love hate relationship. And now I just love it. And it's awesome. This was like last Sunday. I think I was, you know, watching four hours of football. I had to get up and go to the basement gym and like run a mile and then get back to watching football because I was like rotting on my couch as a potato, um, just watching hours and hours of football. So that's definitely number one. I'm really wow. surprised at how much I love just watching the game and like, t- I'm, you know, 
texting all my former teammates, you know, great plays. It's, yeah. it's really, I can't wait to like go to a game and see them play in person. So definitely watching footballs and one, at least the most surprising benefit of that's cool. Retiring. That's yeah. cool. I didn't think you'd say that. I didn't. Yeah. Well, I, most I can, people I can, don't I can say like, to that a little I retire, bit like, dude, I just really enjoy watching the game now. It's, it's awesome. I used to get so annoyed at these commentators because like you just have the stress and you're under so much pressure and the competition is so high that you have, you're one more person critiquing you. You were like, that motherfucker, he doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. Thousand percent. And you just get so mad. And now I'm like, I just have like all that stress is gone. You know, they're explaining things to my European boyfriend who doesn't know any of the, like, he's actually getting better at the rules. Yeah. I'm like, oh man, they're explaining things. You know, like their commentary is explaining it to, to people like who didn't grow up playing. Yes, so right. uh, it's entertaining and I love it. So uh, it's very surprising that I am loving it this much. Right, so what do you miss, if anything, about the game? Oh, that's a lot. I miss a lot. Um, I miss, it's weird. I miss sprinting. Like, being an all-out sprint on the field, you like, can still do that. I know, but it's like, <laughs> I wanted, like these are two answers. Yeah, I, did yeah, I didn't explain this. this. Like, like, I'll be honest. Can, like, I, I was not giving these. I was like, <laughs> we can go I right now. Well, fifty fifth. If you want to like do this again tomorrow, I can come up with better answers. Like we can run it back tomorrow, and I can have better answers for you. Um, but I have this like weird inner urge to sprint as fast as I can, and like I don't do that. I like you know run on the treadmill, hit the bike, um, work out most days and I just miss being fast. I miss playing the game. Like I really yeah. miss just playing football and rushing quarterbacks. When was the last time you sprinted like full speed. You're right, Carl. You know uh, what I mean? I don't think speed. I've like sprinted since I retired. Like, like like gutted it. Gutted it. Like you're trying to hit top speed on yeah. like a flying twenty or something. You know it's what I mean? A minute. Yeah. Like that's been a minute. I like, feel like it's probably good for the should, soul. We should you know? do that. I think I should totally do that. I might blow a hammy. I'm about to say your hamstring is going to turn. It's going to turn. It ain't going to be a Kevin Hart. It's going to turn into dust. Yeah. (laughs) When we done, let's go on the street and and, and sprint. You want to do it? No, you need some soft surface. You can't. No, we got to do it down in New York. We here. Let's do it. Let's. Hey, wrong. I don't think I want to be injured in New York. Wrong. Honestly, look at me. Let's do it. It'll be expensive. It'll be really expensive. I don't think I want to be injured in New York. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, that's to be the most expensive ambulance we of all time. should have did it. So, what I want to know is, you finally got to start your senior year. Yeah. And when you, in senior you went to Penn State, dominated your senior year. You like what barely, was, I read you barely started in high yeah. school. So, yeah, right. I I was a late bloomer. And, <laughs> like, the latest of bloomers that have ever <laughs> happened. Um, I never started in high school. Um, when I was a freshman in high school, I was 5'9". And when I left high school, I was 6'6". Six, six. So, I grew, like, three inches every single year. Yeah. And... Um, I was really lucky to get a walk on spot at Penn state and it took me, I got my scholarship after two years, but then it took me to my fifth year to get that starting role, like a solidified starter, like coaches back in me. Um, I got 15 and a half sacks in 10 games yeah, and then the I, NCAA. you know, yeah. Um, which was really cool. You know, broke the Penn state single season record. Go, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, man, come on, put some respect on, on your boy. <laughs> um, and so I actually just went back for a Penn state game yeah. a few weeks ago. And again, I wanted to get on the field. I was like, man, I retired too early. Let me actually <laughs> out there, man. <laughs> um, so I should have been out there. And I was looking at it, I was like, I would beat the out of any one of these dudes on this field right now. Right? And they're, they, and they probably couldn't even block you. Bro. Bro. And they played Delaware, and both my dad and my little brother went to Delaware, and they bro- they beat the brakes off of those players. It's like, it was like 73 to 10 or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was, uh, I, I miss Penn State. It was like, I got the best feeling being back there. So what was, so we all have our welcome to the NFL moments, right? So oh, yeah. you, you're, you're a late bloomer. 
You dominate your senior year, all these sags, yeah. break the Penn State record. Yeah. Now you get drafted third round. So you kind of, I don't know, maybe you're feeling yourself, maybe not. But you get to the league. What was that welcome to the NFL moment for you? Oh, man. What was that? Few. Um, Tyron Smith. Oh, Cowboys. yeah. Dallas. Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> just like Massive he got on me, bro. And I'm, like, I'm like, and he's screaming at me. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, what? Where the f- am I? What, what is happening here? Like, you know, I'm going going against tackles that are going to Indiana and Maryland. You know, they're yeah. probably accountants right now. And I go, you know, we played the Cowboys. I think 2016. I think that was the first year. I mean, they, they might have been like 14 to two that year. Yeah. You know, and they were they were humming, and you know he. It was like, I'm not, I shouldn't even be out here. This should be, you guys should be playing with 10. You know what I mean? <laughs> Liability. Um, so it wasn't really like a, a welcome, it was a moment. It was a three hour welcome to the NFL going, going up against him. Yeah. No, it's that, that, that was the year, that was actually, the year their offensive line. Oh my oh, God. Yeah, they, dude. they had the best line in the league that year. This is so oh bad. Gosh. This is so bad. They were all like over 300 this, pounds. I'll and tell you all something like six, so bad. Six. So like, uh, you know, CT is a very serious thing. But, like, I lost my peripheral vision in that game. I, like, had to come out of the game. Like, they were, like, doing tests. I was like, I can't see your finger. And so I was, like, like a chicken. I couldn't see um, somebody right next to me. So oh, man. I, I was getting my ass beat, and then I lost my peripheral vision. So that was definitely uh, – or my rookie year. Is this my rookie year? Yeah. Tom Brady came back off of his uh, deflate gate suspension. Mm-hmm. First game back in Cleveland – put up 500 yards on us, five touchdowns. I'm like, bro, you know who you going against, man? Like, <laughs> like the whole stadium is 12 jerseys. You know what I mean? The whole stadium. And, you know, I, I played with Tom and Tampa last year, and I went up to him, and I was like, you know, you were for that. Like, you just really killed us. Did you have to do it that bad? So Tyron and Tom really killed me in my rookie year. Yeah. Oh, that's... Uh, Oh, that man. is hilarious. That's, I never would have thought that he's like, yeah, my, my walk was in. If it was, yeah, it was a solid three hours. It was a solid <laughs> three hours beat down. You know what I mean? Marshawn Lynn said it. He's like, you know, some like you're going to get got. And I got, I got got. Yeah. So uh, before we keep going to the NFL, I want to go back because this is something that's kind of, as I was doing a little bit of research, I don't even know if you knew this, but you know, your last year in college, you won your first team All-American. Uh, first time since Tom Bahali, actually, yeah. at Penn State Tom at the Bahali. at the time, you were the Rotary Lombardi Award winner, uh, which went to the best D line mm-hmm. and linebacker in college football yeah. that year. So you won that award. Mm-hmm. You also won the Ted Hendricks Award, which is the top defensive end. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're racking up all these awards for like the yeah. prime time of the prime time, and uh, you won the Lot Impact Award trophy. And but at all these things you won, you didn't win. The the Burl the Burl's more yeah. yeah bro what which Baker is like the, the the top ah oh, I thought it was Baker's yeah, year no Baker's so like, yeah he was like a high, he won, yeah he was like, like a Heisman finalist so yeah. like yeah he beat me then, like hurt, you man. probably win that any other year of totally. any other year yeah. of life you no know, I mean the walk-ons were represented that year that was a good year for walk-ons <laughs> um, and so yeah dude that's like the only one I really wanted man like. <laughs> Is that like, crazy? Yeah. When like, I read that, I was like. my Instagram bio. The only thing Instagram bio was walk-on university. Like, <laughs> being a walk-on is, like, the fabric of my identity. Like, yeah. it is not easy. When I first got to Penn State, yeah. we couldn't even work out with the scholarship players. Really? Yeah. I had to pay for team dinners. Like, Ooh. it was so different really? than it is now. Oh, yeah. Um, we would sneak into, like, the dining halls and shit. Like, 
just to get dinner. Um, People don't, yeah, you poor in college. Yeah, poor, like, you know what <laughs> I mean? You're, you're, yeah. you're poor. Yeah, you're trying to pay for school? We were selling plasma. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it was real. Like, when you're selling blood, you're like, this ain't for me. You know? Do I still want to um, play football? When they said all you do is eat weights all the time. Oh, all the time, man. Yeah. One out. time, you know, my buddy and I, we were, you know, games on Saturday, coming in Sunday morning for a workout, and they actually were annoyed. They were like, why do I have to like work this guy out at Sunday? So they like put us on a Versa climber for an hour. And so uh, we were working out so much, me and a, you know, a couple other walk-ons and we were nobodies back then. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like I look back at, you know, 18 year old Carl, he was probably a scrub. And so, yeah, I was, I was living in the gym, man, the classic, you know, try hard white guy, just living in the weight room, <laughs> eyes in the playbook, just killing it. Yeah. But it worked out for It worked out great. It worked out for me. I'm very proud, man. Came from the country, came from the trenches. Yeah. yeah. I'm so very, funny. very proud of my career. Awesome. Yeah. Dude, that is so funny though. <laughs> Typical clay, uh, yeah, classic white guy. All right, so hard. what would you say? <laughs> all right, funny. now back to the, I know, right? It's funny because that's literally all we, that's all I got in my entire year. The guy can't bend for. <laughs> but High damn, motor. does he have a motor? High motor. The guy just can't. He's the real life Rudy Rudy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> you know. I mean, I've heard it too many times. I'm like, come up with a different adjective to describe me, please. Like, try hard is not as good anymore. So tell me this: um, What would you say back to the NFL? What would you say is your highlight of your NFL career? Ooh, that's a good question. You need the top five again. I mean, I love all your answers so far. Number one, I, yeah. I, none of them are expected. So say what I'm you say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. well, none of them have been Keep expected us so toes. far. Yeah, it's, Keep us surprised. The whole time I'm surprised. Yeah. You, so. uh, ba, ba, ba. Um, I think being captain of the Bucks, getting, yeah. you know what I mean? That was that was really that was probably one of the more you know bigger things I was proud of uh, was getting elected captain uh, of the defense in 2019. And that was that was a cool big. experience. Yeah, coming from a walk on like we talked about. Yeah, yeah. Um, to be selected by yeah, your peers. Yeah, and that's like yeah, that's like a really reassuring and you know confidence building thing. So, and we you know we had a great defense the year before that year. So you know we weren't we weren't scrubs like we were we were balling out. And uh, I would, you know probably that would be the highlight. That's cool. That's yeah. cool. So when we all retire, most of the time it's not on our terms, yeah. right? So you retired on your own terms. Mm-hmm. So was that decision was that decision easier for you because you had a business and yeah. you were the CEO of Raise? Yeah. I think it was way easier that And explain to us what Raise is too. Yeah, so Raise is uh, you know, a two-sided well, we know, but the, okay. The, the to the listeners, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, amazing. <laughs> so, I came up with Raise while I was volunteering with the Buccaneers yeah. at a juvenile delinquent center in Tampa. There were kids as young as 13 years old in jail cells. A lot of them were running away from a violent home environment, and I left that experience and I was like, how did we not know these kids <clears> were there? Like they were half a mile from a team of millionaires and none of us knew that they were there. Mm. So I said, there needs to be an app out there where I go on my phone and I see every volunteering opportunity, every nonprofit. And it's so easy. I can do it like the quickest way possible. So this was back in 2018. This was almost five years ago. And, you know, a month after that, I got raised trademark, got a patent attorney got the name trademarked. Um, and we launched last year, mm-hmm. um, right before the season, uh, we launched July on the app store last year, and then I got signed by the Bucks. So we kind of put everything on hold. Mm-hmm. And so what we do is we connect nonprofits to the next generation of donors and volunteers. Um, you have these kind of aging nonprofits that are all run by, you know, they have boards who are, you know, mostly filled with people who are later in their careers. They're mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, I've, I've made my career. I want to retire and give back. 
And they really don't do a good job of connecting with young millennials, Gen Z, who are some of the most socially conscious people in the plant on the world, you know, in the world. So we make it super easy to donate. You can donate to 1.8 million charities in three clicks, which is really, really special. And you can have all those receipts on your profile. So tax season comes around when you want to itemize your deductions, you don't have to search your email inbox. You don't have to find a receipt from Goodwill. You have it all in one place. So we really, really do a good job of the donation piece because nobody wants to write a check or carry cash anymore. Right. Right. So people still need to give back to charity, but like who, who, who does it? Like, I don't even know where my checkbook is. If you're, if you're asking me to write a check, put it in an envelope. I don't have an envelope. I'm not going to the post office to get a stamp. You know what I mean? And I got to put it in a mailbox. Yeah. And then someone's magically going to appear and take that envelope. And it's like, I just don't even, and I'm 30, you know what I mean? Imagine like asking a young person to make a donation via check. So, um, we make they donations. Do, they do, do, you, do they even know? I don't, do I don't, I don't think so. I think I wrote one check well, I know, all of 2023. I, know I write, but yeah. I mean like young people below no, us. No, there's no way. Do you know how to write a check? Have you ever wrote a I check? I wrote a check. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> it's almost like an intimate experience. It's almost like I'm writing this and I'm like, they better and appreciate this. You know what I mean? Like I am taking the time out of my day, getting a pen, you know what I mean? Right. Ripping it out. This whole process. Like it is, it is a process and it is excruciating. Um, so we do great with donations and Mm -hmm. then uh, we're adding over 80,000 volunteering opportunities later this year. Do you know how to code? Oh yeah, dude. I'm, I don't know a thing about coding. <laughs> My developer, Jim, shout out Jim. He's the best. Um, shout out Jim. Yeah. He went to college at like 15 or something like that. Oh, he's, he's, one, yeah, okay. he's, yeah, he's one, one of those. those. Yeah. He's one of those. Um, he's a legend. Um, you know, we have a great partnership with volunteer match. They're an amazing nonprofit that you, other nonprofits use to get volunteers and we're working with them and, you know, collaborating. So it's it's going really really well. So I'm I'm like I'm a little slow. I, I'm a criminal justice major. Nice. I don't I don't have a big brain. You look like you got a big brain. You went to Penn State. You majored in biology. Yeah. Right. So, so where did the whole tech idea come from? Yeah. So I have no background in running a business. I, I'm a football <laughs> player with a degree in biology. So you know it came from that experience in Tampa, and it had we've pivoted multiple times as I've gotten to know the nonprofit industry. You realize that you know the common pain points between all these different nonprofits, how are they meeting donors? You've realized, you know, the problems that every individual donor is having, like, you know, you guys walk the streets, you get, you know, the solicitation of these people from save the children, American red cross, they have the iPads, take 20 minutes to donate through them. Right. So when you solve little problems that millions of people use, that's a very valuable solution. It's not rocket science, right? We're just removing friction and, you know, I just have really learned it from doing it for almost half a decade. And, um, you know, retiring was a lot tougher than I thought it was going to be. And so a month post, I didn't, I had this conversation today. I had no idea how actually stressed I was this summer about retiring. Like I've been this whole month of September and now, now we're in October. Like I've been so happy because I was not, I didn't realize how stressed I was about retiring because it's, you're leaving this entire career that you've had since second grade. So even though I did have like, a business and you know i'm so passionate about raise it was still really hard so um it's I'm like very, a death. Yeah, it hit i've been saying that yeah, yeah man, it's like I, a yeah, death you gotta agree you yeah. gotta grieve it yeah and i totally agree with that and so um now i'm feeling really good about it i'm watching a lot of football yeah um you know i got 
some, a lot of my former teammates are investing in Rays, getting a part of it. Like that's yeah. really, really exciting as well. What's uh, been the toughest part about the retirement? Like I know. So for yeah. me, I didn't, I didn't take any time off. I know you took your, you, you took your time off, but yeah, you essentially, I mean, I don't know. I started playing eighth grade Yeah, and then I retired at 34 and you get into this regiment of, and I know for me, it was just like, damn, what am, what, what do I do next? Like, man, I feel weird. I feel this yeah. is, I don't, I'm not in my locker room. I don't have my teammates. I'm a, you know, is, are you missing it's that? It's probably the camaraderie, you, man. Yeah. And like, there's nobody funnier than like a group of football players. For I, sure. You know what I mean? So my buddy, Bo Allen, shout out Bo Allen. He just started this segment on his podcast called Low Lights. And I was just on it last week. So he does like your worst plays in the NFL. You know, those like welcome to the NFL moments. Yeah. And it is, I'm like, I was crying laughing. Like it was so funny. Like I miss like, like the film day after, uh, oh, after a game. <laughs> And someone gets their ass beat. Like, that <laughs> is the funny. Yeah, we've all been there, dude. That <laughs> is so, like, it's damn. like, I was crying laughing. It was so funny. And so that's one of the biggest things I miss is like, when the day after a game, hopefully a win, like, watching the film, chopping it up, laughing, and then going home and, you know, having Tuesday off. So that was like, a, that's something I miss for so sure. So do you think like, uh, your stress factors are because you missed the game, you missed the people, or it was just like, you just didn't know you didn't know what to do. Well, you kind of knew what to yeah. do next, but yeah. it was like, I, I still don't have like this one thing I've had my whole life. Yeah. I, I think, and for me, it was more like, I think I felt anxiety for like the first time in my life when I all of a sudden I looked up and I was like, I don't even think I knew what anxiety was. I'm yeah. like, what yeah. is that? For what sure. is that feeling? Yeah, it's like a feeling that you didn't feel before and right. you're trying to assess it. Yeah. Right. And so you felt it after retirement or like right before it? No, like, after retirement. Like I was I after retirement. After, yeah. and it was also like, all right, now I'm trying to figure out what I want to do. I knew I was cool. I was yeah. ready. Yep. But then all of a sudden, what's the next chapter? And me in that process for me was like, all right, I'm sitting here while me and the wifey, I mean, it's cool to go to lunch and stuff every day, but like she's sick of me and I think I'm sick of her too. <laughs> I think it's, I think it can lead to, I was to wondering it. if you yeah. just yeah. like, I was like, don't like, say get you, out of the house. Oh, you know said it, you said yeah, it. Yeah, she's like, yeah, Sorry, she's Helen. feeling it too. She ain't listening yeah. to me. Um, <laughs> she doesn't listen to us. Um, Stupid we show. don't be it. Um, so I think like athletes are so goal oriented, you know what right, I mean? You right. have personal goals, team goals, like ever since you're a kid, you, have a goal of making it to the NFL. Yeah. When you get to the NFL, what's your goal? Super yeah. Bowl. You know what I mean? Like no doubt. Every, you live your entire life on milestones and goals. Yes. So when you're tired from the NFL, like if you don't maintain that mentality and like that um kind of reward of, you yeah. know, hitting milestones, achieving things, small goals as little as they are, that kind of kind of lead into bigger goals, that kind of like throws you off. Yeah. And so I know I would recommend to other players that are retiring, moving on to the next chapter is like constantly set goals for yourself because mm -hmm. You know, I'm motivated by visions of the future. I think like when I'm at, in bed at night, I'm thinking about cool things that I can do in the future. And that's what like really makes me happy, gets me motivated. So um, going from being an athlete, you're always doing that just naturally. So having something to do after that is important. I know you talked about with Ray's here and you had the whole pivot situation. You're mm -hmm. going back and forth uh, and it's not exactly how well you had this vision, but it's not exactly it's turned into way more than what yeah. you thought it was originally. Well, I want to go back to the time you spent at the youth detention center. Sure. Like being in there, what was in there that made you besides the fact that like, man, this is like right down yeah, the road here. Totally. But like, how did this be like, all right, how did it turn into, okay, well I want to do this. And now I got to, I got this business. I got to start or whatever totally. it is. Just tell me what that whole 
that whole vibe was like going in there, For sure. being in these youth detention centers. I don't think I've ever been to one myself. Yeah. So two things really stuck out to me or stick out to me now. The first thing is, you know, they're 13 year old kids in there and they have no books. They're reading Dr. Seuss. So like they weren't, you know, this wasn't like they were in jail. This was like, you know, they were picked up off the street and running away from, like I said, a, a violent home environment. So it was more like a processing thing. And they were mm -hmm. just kind of waiting for a few days, maybe a week, two weeks. I don't know exactly how long they were there, but it, it definitely wasn't an extended period of time. Mm -hmm. But while they were there all day for days at a time, like they had no books to read and they were just wanting a little bit of something. They, they, they I don't even know if they have phones. I feel like they just wanted books. And so yeah. that like something so small, you know, they don't want to read Dr. Seuss. They want to read something that they can get educated or, you know, right, be entertained right. by. So, you know, that really stuck out to me, something so simple that they needed. And then looking back on it now, I was having this conversation a month ago um, with somebody in the NFL. And, you know, very rarely do people realize that those opportunities the NFL presents to players can actually be life changing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. this is something that was the Bucks set up you know, through their community relations, just like they do it almost every Tuesday. You guys yeah. know what it yeah, is. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, the it, Tuesday, it yeah. you know, like guys when sign up. Yeah. yeah. It's like maybe if you have family. Yeah, exactly. The weekly service day. So, you know, some people think like, oh, it's just for image. No, this could be a life changing opportunity. For and sure. it actually has changed my life, which is kind of yeah. wild to think about it. Five years ago, like you go, you sign up for something on a random Tuesday. You don't realize mm -hmm. it can totally alter the trajectory of your life in a really, really positive and meaningful way. So those two things, like, really stick out to me now looking back on it. And so I'm super thankful that we were, I was given that opportunity and I hope that NFL players that are now in the league, college players too, like giving back to com your community and getting involved really can impact you in such a crazy and meaningful way. I, I tell this to people all the time. It's like so often people think when you show up to these charity events or these other things, yeah. they're like, oh, man, you're pouring into them. And I'm like, dude, you so much more walk away half the yeah. time. Totally. No, 100%. Totally more yeah. fulfilled. And totally. Like, it's like, man, I feel so much more energized yeah. because I feel more poured into yeah, than, than what people understand. Yeah. I, I had to do this talk to this morning. That's why I was a little tardy. I a was little. speaking. God, man, he's this no. Can we put up this wall? Oh, yeah, put up the wall, man. Can we just put up this wall. It's a, it's a this is abusive relationship. We're looking at right you know now. what I'm saying? You know what I mean? Did you feel that? Yeah, I'm feel gonna, that I gotta moderate this. Thank yeah. you, yeah. God, Come on, man, get it together. Thank you. Could you I'm please so, get it together? Over I'm there? sorry. And I'm so, sorry. yeah, just like I felt so much more poured into good and in showing up. That here. makes me happy. Yeah, man. Thank yeah. you for that. So, uh, I just think I just think that's just a real life experience, and I feel like you clearly have been feel more fulfilled after doing this whole totally, thing. Totally, totally. Um, How's the business been going? It's been going great. Um, it's it's really busy. I feel like I get imposter syndrome a lot, you know, being a football player with a degree in biology. Yeah. You know, it's very humbling when I'm building sales funnels and creating marketing, you know, marketing plans and really doing things outside my comfort zone. But there are a lot of parallels from football to business. Mm -hmm. And I really try and, you know, lean into those like, Everybody that works for me, I ask them, like, how do I put you in a position to make you do what you do best? Right. So many times in the NFL, you get a coach, you got to do it my way. Yeah, no doubt. It's so freaking frustrating, <laughs> right? When you have something you know you're good at, you've done it your whole life, and then you come into a new job, a new coach, new boss, and they make you do it totally different. So, you know, with my team at Rays, I want people to be happy. I want people to be feel valued and you know, that actually resonates. And that is something that like, we've really 
made a staple of, you know, our working relationships. And, uh, it's been really great. I, you know, there's passion and giving back and like, yeah. you know, you go from football mm-hmm. where it's the most passionate people, like you love it. No right. Doubt. And so I'm now I'm working, I devoted my life to working with nonprofits and empowering nonprofits and increasing their revenue or reducing their costs. And it's like, you meet people who are so passionate about their life. You know, I yeah. really, you know, you can get a corporate job and like people are just kind of doing it to cash a check. But you know, when you work with nonprofits, they're really devoting their lives to other people and they have so much passion. So there's a lot of parallels there and um, passion projects. Yeah. You, know, you, no, you don't feel like sure. you're working when you do those. Yeah. I don't I mean, sometimes, sometimes you feel like he was working today Who? for your passion project this morning. Oh no, no. My passion project right now is, um, is, you know, I work for the sec network, Carl. I don't know if you know that, but, uh, my, see passion, the I see the yeah, yeah, my passion project right now is, uh, I think I can make Vanderbilt's defense better. Oh, nice. He's like, I'm watching the film hardcore right now. Yeah. And I'm, what do I'm they picking, run? They run mostly quarters, four, okay. three. Okay. Um, but they just like a lot of bad eye violations, like yeah. a lot of little things. And I feel like as I'm starting to build up more and more film on them, I'm going to like, I'm going to take like a whole 20 minutes on one of my shows. Sure. And like, this is my passion project. Just sure. really, I've been pouring, I got all kinds of notes, but this, nice. is, this is like my core yeah. passion project right now is Vanderbilt's defense. Okay. Very cool. Nice. Thank you. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I do feel good about it though. Okay. Maybe it's not like work. Man, you're you're going to kill it, man. I believe in you. Thank you. Hell yeah. Thanks, Thanks, dog. Thank you. All right. Well, got to use up on him, man. (laughs) We're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. The wait is over. The Shy returns May 10th on Paramount+. And the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the south side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn. Alliances will shift. And danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. In 2014, Michael Sam came out and yeah. was drafted as an openly gay person. Yeah. And it was super controversial at the time. Okay. All right. Then you came out as the first openly gay person that was a current player, active. Sure. Yes. Yeah. And it was almost like, it was very accepted. You said it and everybody was like, man, great job. Proud of this. And we moved on. It wasn't even, it was just a blip on the radar. Yeah. Really. It was, yeah. I, I thought it had been way, it was not at all. Yeah. I don't know if you felt it or not, but that was really what it was. And then this past year, the Jaguar strength coach, uh, Kevin Maxson, came out and I heard, I read that he'd actually talked to you a little bit and he said like, because he was really like, all right, well, I want to continue to not try and hide who I am. I want to be, I want to feel like I'm myself and I'm okay, but he was also so nervous about other people's opinion about him. Yeah. And, but you encouraged him like, dude, it's all good. And it was almost, and then now he was celebrated. Yeah. So like, can you talk about the evolution For of sure. that and what the NFL is together and what it's, uh, where it stands today? Yeah, I think, you know, and culture in the United States has really in the last 10 years, I mean, it's 2023, mm-hmm. uh, same-sex marriage was legalized in 2015. And that, you know, Mike came out in 2014. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like that was a huge turning point in a lot of people's eyes. Like, okay, now like, 
you have the the laws behind them, like it shifts culture. It really outlines how people should be respected. Yeah. And so for everybody that was involved in that, you know, I always say like politics are downstream of culture. Right. So there was a lot of work and I always, I always give thanks and like appreciate everybody that came before me right. and like laid the groundwork for me to be in this position. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? People like Michael Sam, people like RK Russell who came out and, you know, put the work in and like, those are all the people that I am very thankful for. And I try and actively, you know, help people coming after me. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm very thankful of all the support that I got when I came out. Uh, it's been a couple of years and yeah, I'm yeah. still getting people, you know, messaging me, coming up to me, um, saying how that impacted them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when I talked to Kevin over a year ago, I don't even remember when it was, it was definitely last year. Um, you know, he was taking his time and that's my thing is like, I never want to rush anybody in their journey. It's such a, yeah. it's a, such a unique and special journey. And yeah. it's like, it doesn't happen in a day, right? It's a very, it it's a, yeah, it's a long process. It's a process. Like, yeah. So a journey, um, you know, everyone's journey is different. And so Kevin is doing a great job and like, he has the respect of his team, other coaches, everything. And so, you know, I'm very, very proud of him. Very, very proud of everybody that, you know, has come before me and, yeah, I, I really, I can't say enough how lucky that I am. And um, I hope that I'm doing a good job of continuing to like carry the torch of everyone that's come before me. And so people that come after me can, you know, have a better experience than I even did, which would be 10 out of 10 for them. Well, you know what I mean? <laughs> well, yeah, this is one question that's kind of off the wall. And it's like, I mean, you had a great experience besides Tyron Smith, right? Yeah, he beat the <laughs> did you ever go up against Trent Williams? Yeah. All right. So which one was worse? Because Trent Williams was the scariest mofo I've ever had to go up against. I like, I begged him to let me go one time. Cause he was, so about we, to, I played the slamming. Niners in December. I played the Niners in December, this December. And Trent, uh, Trent moves and he pulls and he does, they do a lot of things. I mean, Kyle Shanahan, that blocking scheme it's is illegal. Like, it's, 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 he's <laughs> it a, should be illegal. I mean, he's a genius. He's a certified <laughs> genius. And he's like, he's like a, a teacher playing amongst, amongst students. Like their, their scheme is pretty ridiculous. And, um, I mean, they still use a fullback, right? Like, yeah, they do. So no, no, um, dig on juice, but in December we were playing the Niners and I was like on a one-on-one -on -one block with Trent. And then, um, White boy, long hair. Um, Kittle? Kittle. Kittle. Yeah, sorry. Long day. Kittle came and like came out of nowhere and just like hit me four yards. Like, dude, where did you come from? Like, they're, they're, they're going all over the place. So, you know, I think Tyron really like, but that was seven years ago that yeah. I played him. You know you what just I mean? I was new. I was yeah, I mean, I, I had my perspective change very quickly. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah, Trent's that dude, though. I, I think he probably moves better than Tyron. I don't know who's stronger, but um, Trent's... I also want everybody to realize like how important a uh, NFL locker room is like to hear Carl, the way he describes players like, Oh, it's just white guy, long hair, like black guy, that, that like football. Like we don't care about a lot of things. Yeah. I would understand like it should have been a blip on the radar when you came out because yeah. as guys and players, like we just genuinely don't care. Can you help us win? Yeah. Seriously. Yeah, that's yeah. literally no, that's it. only that's thing people sure. care yeah, about guys. Don't we, care. We want a ring. That's all yeah. we want. And, and I, Carl, uh, can you help me get a ring with Joe yeah. Sacks? Which yeah. college? Yeah, it's like no. one that I feel like it's no, it's bring them on. It board. just goes to all these like really backward stereotypes about football players in yeah. general, outside of Probably like so true. you know what I mean that we're unintelligent, uneducated, homophobic, yeah. like yeah. just stuck in the sand. That is so not true. Yeah, and we're it's, probably it, one of the most open it, places. One hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred 
percent. Yeah, you know what I mean, football and sports in general are just like you get people coming from all different walks of life, from all yeah. different experiences, and you have to work together because the reward is so insanely amazing. You yes. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you can just really change your life, your family's lives through sports. And that's very rare in other industries. So you have to like come together and work together and and just like, can we work together? Can I trust you? Like we all are dependent on each other's success, right? So most of us are. And like, I don't know how dependent I am on a kicker success, but you you know what I mean? Um, Dude, I hate fucking kickers. Yeah, dude, like, (laughs) I hate long snappers. Like, what are you doing here? They're not even in shape. All they do is play golf. Yeah, they play golf. They're not even, like, be in shape at least. Like, have some self-respect. Yeah, they don't wear cleats. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? We don't care about anything else. (laughs) Except if you're a long snapper. You know what I mean? That's the only thing you got to walk, you know, walk on eggshells around us. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I agree with you. Like, you got to forget everything else. Like, can you help us win? Yeah. 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 Yeah, It's it's one of the coolest things. Um, One of the craziest things that we've been experiencing right now is this, uh, this Swifty has taken over. I mean, Got, she's she's, she's literally it. taking over the league. Let's talk about it. First and of all, are you a Swifty? Come on, man. Check the tape. <laughs> <laughs> check the tape. <laughs> we talked about this the other day. We was like, yo, look. Check, the, check Hard Knocks, bro. We I got out of the NFL too quick just because of this. Okay. <laughs> this is two worlds colliding. Yes, right? yes, it two is. Totally Bro, different lanes. No, this like two no, 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 my two worlds colliding. Okay. <laughs> I've been a Swifty since high school. Okay. okay you know what I mean? I almost don't even like all these bandwagon friend like fans of T Swift. Like I went to your concert two nights in a row in Philly, front row. It was the best experience of my life. It yeah. was three and a half hours of pure euphoria. She is like 10 out of 10. I've been, I mean, I've been a huge Swifty for half my life it's been she's the best you know what i mean and you know having her at the games watching the nfl i mean it is it's i mean like it's like america has never been at its strongest like this is this is peak existence for this country you know what i mean put them on did she hear this put them on a ticket for like vice president president they will get it done i just believe in this you know what i mean the like united states has never been stronger oh wow than before taylor and the nfl collabed and so um, I'm here for it. I love it. Um, oh, that's funny. I mean, she was just here in New York. Yeah. Yeah. I you didn't had get, the chance I to meet her, right? The, yeah, I met her. Uh, did you buy the bro, Roly? This is you didn't funny. buy the Roly. You did not buy, did the, not Roly. buy the Roly. What did no, you buy to yeah. impress her? When did you meet her? So I met her in 2017. This okay. is actually one of the funniest stories uh, of all time. It. And your, funniest, your stories have been very funny. Hilarious. I'm hilarious. <laughs> um, and so one of uh, the, the guitarists for uh, Paul Sedotti, Shout out, Paul. He's the best. Shout out, Paul. Um, what up, Paul? He is best friends with the equipment manager of the Browns, uh, Brad of the Browns. Shout out, Brad. Shout and out, so Brad. Like, what up, Brad? They hooked it up where they, she was playing at uh, the, the Brown Stadium. Uh-huh. And so, you know, I got a mirror backstage before, before COVID, before everything else, where you could, like, she would see fans before the stage. So it's literally me and, like, all these little girls and their parents and, and, and then me. I'm, I'm in the back, like, waiting. So, like, they bring a group in to, to, like, meet her at a time. And it's, like, all these little girls. She goes, oh, are these your daughters? And I was, like, no, uh, I'm by myself. <laughs> so, um, it was, like, I, I, like, gave her a signed jersey, said hello, took a photo. She was absolutely lovely. Um, you know, I'm a huge fan. 
um, I got to meet her parents. They were huge Penn State fans. They're just a great family. So, um, yeah, I've been a Swifty for for too long, and now I'm just happy everyone's catching up. You know, I'm a trendsetter. You know, okay, no, 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 dude, I'm part of the beehive as well. Okay, okay, check the tape. So, is it check the tape, dog? So, if I had to ask you to choose, I think it's going to Swifty, yeah, Swifty, yeah, I actually on that same episode of um, of Hard Knocks, you talked about uh, compound interest, yeah, I was surprised and shocked, like how educated, like. Well, not how educated you were, but like, man, the education process, like, I don't think enough people understand how much that happens in NFL locker rooms as well, where like you have young guys come in that truly just don't understand about money, uh, the potential of money. And when you start to ask these questions, how much and how many of us actually learn things that are important that are more often life lessons going forward. And uh, you talked about compounding interest, like you take this hundred thousand dollars. But, you know, you keep it in the bank and what compounding interest does, you know, you earn this percentage and by next year you earn this much more percentage. Yeah. You continue to stack and stack yeah. and stack. And so it was a great job by you. Thanks, man. Highly impressive. It. Thank you, man. Highly, yeah, highly I impressive. I mean, they say compounding is this eighth wonder of the world, man. It's something that people need to realize. Yeah. And um, when you're a young NFL player, you get a lot of money very young. And very quick. Being an investor, a young investor, you have all the years to, you know, make your money work for you. And... You know, NFL athletes and now college athletes, high school athletes can now make money. I mean, no through, the, through NIL, I mean, this is a huge opportunity. Like I said, I was sneaking into the, the, the dining hall. Yeah, 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 the dining yeah. hall. I mean, how, kids crowd, are riding how far Mercedes the, GLs, Yeah, bro. that's what I'm saying. So Utah just I got mean, all those the money, trunks. It's crazy. I actually yeah. posted about that. That's annoying. The walk-ons didn't get any. No. That they, pisses me off. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, that really does. Sorry. You know what I mean? No, I'm, I'm, not, sure the not, I'm not bad at you. I'm sure the walk-ons are just like, really? Yeah, really? I, I just, know. God, I've been here just lifting all these weights. Can I pump the gas? Like they got to pump the gas. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, that's that's their role. Um, that doesn't surprise me. No, but like you see at the bottom, like they're responsible for the tax implications because anytime they get anything, there's tax implications. Like yep. the government will come after you. They do not care how old you are. They do not care who you are. They will put anybody in jail. Right? The IRS does not around. They don't. So like when you give these kids money, you you know they're giving they're getting something what in October. You know, come April of 2024, they're like, oh, shit, I owe $10,000 on this car. I don't have $10,000 in cash, right? Yeah. So then you can't pay it. Then you get fines, and then they come after you. And then what do you get? You get these these young guys who are going to get deals, and then they're going to try and hide that income in certain ways. And that's when tax evasion comes, and that's where they get really, really in big trouble. So I actually work with Financial Finesse. And so what they do is they provide financial wellness workshops as a benefit to employers. Mm-hmm. And they actually started to do that with college and high school athletes. So I will always say I love NIL. I love the fact that college players can actually get their fair share yeah. mm-hmm. and they deserve it. Yeah. But there needs to be resources. It needs to be education. I agree. Right. And so honestly, it might even be a benefit. Like, you know, you hear the stories about NFL players mismanaging their money, trusting the wrong people. And now they can kind of with NIL move that learning curve uh, back for you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Move it up, move it back to yeah. like college. Yeah. So like maybe make those mistakes and maybe learn when you're 18 because it's kind of hard to tell a 25 year old who's making millions of dollars what to do. No yeah. doubt, right? They like get into somebody. And money only yeah. makes you more what you are. Yeah, that's a good. It's a point. magnifier. That's <laughs> actually a great point. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. it's a magnifier. I really like magnifies your. You know, yeah. it's like a, if you're a jackass, you're a bigger jackass. If you're a humble person, yeah, you become more humble. Yep. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's really 
It's been very like interesting that. because I, I think we do have to continue to, as this thing builds out, it's so brand new. So brand new, It's man. So, brand new. so brand new. And everybody thinks it's just one thing. Look, I mean, the IRS tried to get me for taxes from California when I never even played in California because I, I played a preseason game out there, but they wanted like regular season money. Okay, and it was like, Snipes? And this was like eight years worth oh. of like... They 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 said we're the on the same wavelength. I got a call from Ohio this morning, eight thirty a.m. You owe us money. I was like, "Where's I mean, it's probably CPAs. It's probably a scam. Yeah, it's, no, I'm not kidding. Eight thirty a.m. this morning, I get a call. I'm like, "What?" And so, uh, yeah, no. So it's, they don't it's call the you. They just they send it's you stuff real. in the mail. Yeah, it's real. And, and so those are the scammers. These are the same things and issues that these young people are going to have to understand and going to have to learn. And yeah. as we continue to give them dollars and cents, I want to make sure we continue to educate them. Totally. Because a lot of times when these players are getting this money, they're not coming from homes or parents that are making this type of money. For sure. Right. Yeah. So the parents can't really teach them and make sure they look after them. they so, don't know. Well, yeah, because they don't know. And so a lot of this is life experience. For sure. Um, and the conversation need to continue to be had. So I want to, number one, I want to applaud you for that. Thanks. That was a great clip. I appreciate it. Um, it was. Going yeah. back on that. And, and I'm did glad you, you got to meet Taylor Swift too. Yeah, me too. Did yeah. you teach Tom, did you give Tom Brady any advice, any financial advice when you break down compound interest? Tom is way smarter than me. So any <laughs> advice that I give him, he's probably, you know, pushing to the wind. That dude is as sharp as a tack. Dude is as sharp as a I'm sure he's got his whole team of people that lets him know what's up with money. What, what you know, what financial education does, it like presents an opportunity to build generational wealth, yep. invest in all these different companies, different CEOs, different politicians that represent you, represent people like you. It's just like a huge missed opportunity if we don't provide education and resources. You know, I was on the Raiders and I was like, you know, we have mental health resources now. The NFL really pushed and there's a mm -hmm. lot of like, uh, can't remember the exact terminology, if it's like a certified mental health clinician, something yeah. along those lines. Mm -hmm. I think the NFL passed to put like- One per team. Exactly, you yeah, heard about did. that, right? Yeah, yeah. so it's really amazing stuff, yeah. So Solomon Thomas plays for the Jets, played with me in Vegas. like. He is one of the biggest, you know, advocates for mental mm -hmm. health. And he's, I like, have so much respect for him. And there's been so much movement on that front. And, you know, I go to the Raiders and I go to other teams and I'm like, how do we get certified financial planners in the building? But there's a little bit of a liability issue where, you know, they don't want to touch the player's money. Yeah, it's hard yeah, to like, yeah. yeah so there's, he loses it and then they're exactly, liable. Yeah, yeah. And so so it's, it's very yeah. tricky. And they're still trying I, to figure I, it out. It, they're definitely still trying to figure it out. But I just love that we're having the conversation because yeah, yeah. The, the positive ripple effects that it'll have of, you know, NFL players are role models for their athletic ability. You know, they're starting to be athletic role models, being podcast hosts, getting into other industries. Like if they become so financially savvy, like that'll have ripple effects to younger generations, college kids, high school kids. Um, and I'm just really excited for it's it. It's funny because the biggest thing, the biggest fear in the locker room was like, you know, we're big, strong men, tough. Like we got it all figured out. So we don't like talk about yeah. our weaknesses. Yeah. But it's actually like, nah, when you ask the question, actually, you're probably not the only one that wants to know. For sure. That's yeah. it. And so uh, vulnerability equals strength. And uh, that's just the realest thing about it. Now, talking about generational, who's the mm. best athlete in your family? You, your Me. father, or your, <laughs> your brother? Not even you. Me. Not yeah. even close. My brother played for the Giants, great athlete. My little brother played in Delaware. I tried out for the league. Uh, it wasn't quite fast enough. Uh, both my sisters played volleyball. My How tall are your sisters? 5'11 and 5'8. Yeah, maybe 5'10 yeah. and 5'7. I don't know if they're shrinking or something like that. Uh, they're both moms, so maybe they're shrinking. I don't know. Um, but they're they're very tall. Okay. Um, they both played volleyball. My mom played volleyball. My dad played football. Um, but definitely me. Very athletic. Yeah. yeah. I ain't mad at that. Yeah. I ain't mad yeah. at that at are you, Now, are you the baby out of all? Uh, I have four siblings. I'm four out of five. Yeah, so I'm the second youngest. Okay. Yep. 
kind of to the bottom. I think the, yeah. the ones on the bottom are the best athletes. Are you guys the best athletes in your family or no? No doubt. Let's go. For sure. Yeah. No, I mean, no, no, we can no be doubt. humble. We got to be real too. You know what I mean? Yeah. No doubt. The day I beat my brother in basketball, I knew it was on. Okay. Well, if basketball, this is so funny. If basketball is an indicator of athleticism, your boy is the worst. Like I, it doesn't so, have to be basketball. Okay, I hope it's not. <laughs> if it's football, if it's volleyball, if it's ping pong, anything but basketball. So my little brother got married last year, and for his bachelor party, we played a lot of pickup basketball. And I am shooting every time I touch that ball, and I'm like going up. I got the most delusional optimism I've ever heard of, and I didn't hit one shot. It was like, <laughs> and we're playing for two hours, and I'm like, all right, odds. Like some of these are about to go in. I didn't even make, I made me one for 23 or something like one that. For I was going layups and I was dunking and I was like, I can't, I couldn't make a single shot the whole day, the whole freaking game. And I bought new shoes from Dick Sporting Goods, got blisters on my shoes. I forgot that you got to wear like high socks with, yeah, uh, yeah. with basketball shoes. It's been a long time since I played basketball. <laughs> Um, oh my god I can so, see just like Philip Seymour Hoffman in a long cane pop yeah like, dude with this, let it rain white, let it rain white chocolate white chocolate yeah. like, I can, I can picture you in like that <laughs> outfit that is like, like one of the most le- I love that that was your callback oh that's a god. great scene yeah that is a really good one. Oh yeah, my if, god. If, if basketball is any judge of athleticism I'm bottom of the totem pole for sure I, I think the best thing about playing pickup basketball is that because they can't sub me out yeah. I'm gonna get my shots up like don't don't like because I'm not coming out of the game. I'm definitely getting my shots. Yeah, up. man, it's humbling. All right, so uh, I guess we got a couple other questions. So, cool. what is your best Tom Brady story? Because we always like to talk about the goat. Yeah, he's the goat. Um, probably the best one was when he put up 500 yards on us. Yeah, yeah just yeah, crushed us. And what yeah, did he? What was his response when you asked him about that? When you guys became teammates, I think he was just like, "Yeah, I remember that." That was it. That was it. Yeah, I think I remember that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was like he brushed it out and just made. Well, made, it was a meaningful game. Like he was coming back from. Yeah, it was more. It was more. It was his get, was his get back game. Yeah, you know what had, I mean? it was less to do yeah. about Cleveland, more oh, about the man, NFL. Yeah, yeah. he's like, oh, I see that tall skinny white dude. I'm about to kill him. You know what I mean? So he, that was probably the worst, best one for sure. Yeah, we've all gotten somewhere in our lives with people of influence, mentors, coaches parents, whatever, who's on your personal Mount Rushmore of people that have helped you get to where you are today? That's a great question. Um, that's nice. a, the, the Mount my Rushmore. Yeah, I think uh, my parents are up there. Yeah. Um, is that two, is that or, two or, one? or one? One and two. Okay, Wait, okay. Yeah. So Mount Rushmore, four, four. people. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah, one, two. One, two. Mom okay. and dad. Yeah. Um, For why? Tell us why. I think, you know, my dad called me this morning. A woman went up to him and said, oh, are you Mr. Nassib, the, you know, Nassib family for St. Max? And he said, yeah. He said, she said, well, you know, my son went to school with Carl and in seventh grade, he was a new student. I don't even remember this kid's name. You know what I mean? And so she said, you know, Carl was the nicest kid to him, made him feel welcome. And I said, you know what, dad, you raised some good kids. Like, I don't even know who this kid is. You know what I mean? This is seventh grade Carl. So like that's a good thing. Like that's a, that's a sign of success when like 20 years later, Mm -hmm. uh, a woman comes up to you and said, Hey, when my, when our kids were in seventh grade, your kid really like made him feel welcome, you know, included him. So they've really instilled just like being a good person is top, you know, being really respectful. God, like growing up in a German household, like 
always have like really a lot of respect. Please and thank you. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, shout out to mom and dad. They're the best. Um, but three and four. Mm-hmm. It's a great question. I would say um, number three, maybe Gerald McCoy. Yeah. Um, mm. So when I got to the when I got to the Bucks, um, I had just gotten fired from the Browns. I got fired on Hard Knocks. We I love were, that you used the word fired <laughs> instead of cut. Oh, cut. Yeah, sorry. I love that you say yeah. fired. No, because that's how yeah. we that's, think. I'm, I'm a corporate guy now. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So I was, yeah, I was laid I'm off. I'm CEO. Yeah. <laughs> I was, you know what I mean? I was fired on national, interna- international television. <laughs> and, you know, we were one of 30. Do you still, does that ever come up? Do people like bring that up to you? What, that I got fired? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, like, if they want to get like chippy with me and maybe they're like oh you remember you got fired on hard knocks no i don't think that's ever happened okay, but you know we were one and 31 in cleveland and then i get fired on hard knocks and i'm like this like this shit sucks and so i, I get fired on tuesday hired on a wednesday i go down to tampa and like me and gerald instantly hit it off like he like really i mean going to tampa really revived my career and yeah. helped me bounce back and so you know that team, that organization, I just hold in such high regard. So Gerald really helped, was like one of the bigger influences on me of like, and JPP, you know, and Bo, like we had a great, and Will, shout mm-hmm. out to all those guys in the D-line when I first got to Tampa. But, you know, that really turned my career around was my first year in Tampa. So Mac is definitely up there. And then number four, I'm trying to think college or high school. High school, coaches didn't like me. College, took a while. Um... You know, I'm going to go Clyde Simmons. I'm going to go Clyde Simmons. Okay. Um, Clyde was my coach in Cleveland. Uh, you know, legendary defensive end for the Eagles. Yeah, yeah. Um, over 100 sacks. Like, dude was a legend. And, you know, he introduced me to the long arm. And, like, oh. he just was such a great coach. And Tell like, me what a long arm is. Not everybody knows that. Long arm. Yeah. When you got, you know, long arms like me, I'm a lanky guy. Um, the best thing a tackle, I mean, a tackle wants to do is really grab onto you and you can't really get off. They're stronger than us. So, like, got his team at arm's length. And so, really developing the strength and, like, the pushing upward of my long arm. Clyde was awesome. Like, I'd never been taught that before. I was always side scissors, you know, push pull. But the long arm really helped me. And Clyde was just a great coach too. Like yeah. really like didn't care who you were, like really coached everybody. And he's his Indies, man. His Indies were murdered. <laughs> the individuals. Oh yeah. He had like that like old NFL vet like bitterness to him where he's like, <laughs> Y'all These got boys it easy. don't know what I was. Yeah, yeah you yeah, guys got, got it easy. Making all this money. You know what I mean? Back in my day, I put up a hundred sacks and I'm making twenty eight thousand dollars a year. So he killed us in in Cleveland. Yeah. So outside of, you know, bro, we had a guy get signed on Cleveland in camp. Did he it was 20 minutes and he was done. Like he he hit that sled like we had up and back sled a million times with Clyde and he was gone in a day. And like I was like Clyde, you're killing people, man. Um, so yeah, killing probably Clyde. Dreams. Yeah, He's those are just like kid. I probably you know again I probably should prepare for these questions. I didn't prepare anything, but no, those no, are, no, yeah, no, those are, no, your answers are the best. They're the hilarious. hilarious. I appreciate hilarious. it. So, yeah. So thank we're you. we're DBs. How many? You got sacks? I have a lot of sacks. Okay. How many picks you guys got? I do not have that many. I got twelve. I'm thirty. I'm Damn. I'm two away. I should I should have forty. I've I've Damn. dropped a, I've dropped a couple. What about you? I got you, one. One. one okay. Pick. Oh yeah. Explain that one pick. Uh, I was in Vegas. It was sick. Um, Drew Locke threw four picks. It was great. Like hated the Broncos uh, when we were in Vegas, and so uh, you know got a pick. 
threw a couple people down. I was I made it to the nine yard line, dude. I really wanted to. How score. far did you? Where did you? Where did you catch that? It was like a twenty five yard return. Okay. Yeah. It was what were you doing? Any stiff arms? Oh, you know what? It's probably a good thing I didn't score. It's probably a good thing I didn't score. What were you doing? I've never even been asked that question. <laughs> I, like, if I had scored just like, I don't know, like if I would have done a dance or something or just Well, you like, got to do something, right? Yeah, no, like everyone just like jumped on me. It was sick. It was a cool play. Yeah, they're like, Carl got a pick. You know? Warm embrace with the teammates. Yeah, something that's, like that. That's awesome. Yeah. I gotta say, man, like I'm I'm so glad to have met you today. I'm me glad too. you came yeah, on the podcast. Yeah, sure. Love the me. energy, love what you bring Juice. in. This was hilarious. Your your answers, I did not expect them. The first three off the first top, three I, was the like, top, I was like, damn, yeah. I ain't never heard that one before. <laughs> yeah, my first welcome to NFL one was a three hour ass one. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that was yeah, that's real, man. I, we appreciate you coming on yeah, the show. Man, man. Thanks for having me. Call so Eric, yeah. You are a blessing, man. Oh, my I appreciate it, man. Much success to raise you in the business, CEO. Yes. What you're doing. Thanks, guys. Man, awesome. Thanks awesome. so much. Awesome. Keep yeah. it going, man. You're a beautiful person, man. I appreciate for real. it. You really yeah, are. You got so a great much. spirit. You got great energy, great yeah. juice. I understand Thank why you. all so your you. teammates love you so much. Thanks. Uh, you are truly a, a great spirit, bro. It's real talk. You got you brought it. the freaking juice. Thanks, you brought God. the juice. Always you bring the juice. Man. All, you on, need, man. All, you, all you need to do now is just become a faster driver. No. I'm doing See, you think? Look at his Yeah, no, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> what you talking about, Willis? Yeah, what you talking about? Um, no, man, this has been awesome. Me. This is probably one of my favorite interviews, if not my favorite interviews. This is great. Yeah, if you oh, got, I live in New York now, so you guys, next time, I mean, you're here all the time. You work here, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, definitely. I had a picture of margaritas last night, man, on a Wednesday. You got to come to town, man. We was just at the bar. I was at the bar by myself, so yeah, next time. I got it. We got you. We got you. This will not be our last time, our last visit with Carl Nassib, so thank you, yeah, of course. Appreciate thank you so it, man. much. For all of our viewers and listeners out there, thank you as well. I mean, we love this guy. He's definitely coming back. Uh, give us a five-star rating, a review. Click that uh, Click that follow button. And wherever you put, listen to your podcast, whether it's Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio Podcasts. And thank you once again to iHeartRadio Studios here in beautiful New York City. New so, York City. Thank you for having us as always. Peanut, get us up out of here, hey, boss. Hey, man. I'm Peanut Tillman. This room in OG Harper. That's Carl, CEO NASAB, and A Man. This is the NFL Player Second Acts Podcast, and we out. Hi, Heart Studios. Peace. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.